Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Have you been frustrated by something recently? Has something been irritating you? Or whatever word you want to use that essentially quantifies as a peace dealer. Has there been something that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do fill in the blank because these particular hurdles are in the way. There was once a time, a season, a coordination in my life where I looked at hurdles as I am unable to run my race successfully because there are these hurdles. Now how I look at hurdles is I can be an Olympic gold medalist, but my race just includes me running with hurdles. I think that we get thrown when we look at other people's races. You know, the person that's running relay, you may look at it like, I don't have anybody helping me run this race. It's all on me. And then there's this pressure of I got to beat the world record or I have to, you know, train and do all these things by myself or I have. Or you look at someone else who, or you have to run is that small amount of meter dash. And you get in awards and all these different things where my meter dash is longer. And I think that if we keep looking to our left and to our right as measurements or confirmations as to the race that we're running, we will never win in our specified lane. I literally used to look at hurdles as if they were the blockages to me winning my race. So every time a hurdle came on, you know, I'm on a on your mark, get set, and I'm running. And then when a hurdle came, I was like, dope, and I was dope, and I was dope, and I was tripping over these hurdles consistently. Some new hurdles, some maybe new arising hurdles, some existing hurdles, whatever it is, it was hurdles that I'm like, I would run my race better if these hurdles weren't there. I would run my race better if I was in another kind of race. I would run my race. And all God wanted to show me is you have all that you need to win in your lane. Why don't you try jumping? Okay, so you on your mark, get set, and you tried to jump, and you still fell on the hurdle. So then exercise, and next time jump higher. But what we're going to stop doing is asking God to move the hurdle, to smooth out the lane, to do whatever it is to make you comfortable. Because what you're essentially asking God is, can you remove the thing that's going to make me stronger later? Because I want to remain the same. I want to just run and walk at this particular pace. I, and if I do jump, I don't want to jump so high that I get over the hurdle, that I, that I accomplish this particular thing, that I defeat this thing in my emotions or in my physicality or my mental space. I don't want to come higher, raise higher, elevate higher to get over this thing. I want you to remove the thing because it's an inconvenience. It's something that I don't want to do. And I'd rather stay the same than for you to elevate me and make me stronger because I'm just may win in this lane. Do you realize asking God sometimes to move something is asking God to allow you to remain the same? You are asking an ever-changing, ever-growing God, hey, can I remain stagnant, please? 
The Bible says that Paul asked God three times to remove the thorn in his side. And the response was, but my grace is sufficient enough. No, like you good. I don't want it. You all right? And you okay. And I'll go ahead and pat your pamper, but you're going to go to sleep. (laughs) But you're going to be okay. You're not getting this bottle. No, you're not getting a pacifier at five years old. I know it used to soothe you at one point, but it's not soothing you in this particular season. I know that you just want to get the warm milk and go to sleep, but I can't do that. It's going to shift your teeth. What used to comfort you before, if I give it to you now, it will disfigure and delay what I have for you later. So no, the pacifier, the bottle, the fill in the blank that soothes you if I give that to you now it's going to do something to your teeth it's going to do something to your nasal capacity there's some things that's going to happen that it no longer can serve you here if I gave you what you got before you won't get to where I need you to be over there why are you so passionate today on this phone you ask oh I'm glad that you said something because I'm talking to me I'm talking to me. I'm an individual that I don't like talking about the same thing over and over again. In that, if something is an issue, I am not the girl that I just want to keep talking about the same issue with you. Like, I'm not it. It If I brought up, yo, when I go to this particular restaurant, it stinks. And then the service is bad and the witch and I just, oh, but the food is good. Okay, so when we go there every time, I don't want you to be like, oh, it stinks. Because you knew that. It's no longer venting. You just like complaining. And I don't like a complaining spirit. So I've been noticing with me that something was continuously coming up in certain arenas of my life. And the one arena that God is getting my attention in at this particular time is the workplace. I unfortunately, and probably a little fortunately, but now it's being viewed as unfortunately, I have not had to corporate uh, in my prior positions. I don't know if it's because I chose a different path. I'm not really too sure if it was the career of choice. I'm not too sure. But as I said in a prior conversation with you, corporate to me just looks like a bunch of people being super phony all day. Uh, with people who you don't like, who with people who don't deem you well, but you need to be friendly because that's how you get to your next level. That, to me, is a problem because I'm the grandbaby that is authentic through and through. So after talking about something for so many different times, I had to talk to someone who knows me well. And when I talked to my friend, she said, stop bringing street code to the corporate office. I said, what do you mean? They said, look, if you didn't like such and such in the hood, you're not smiling in her face because that's phony. Have a nice day. Like, we're not doing that. But there's nothing personal when you get into that professional setting. And she helped me to see something different. But I only saw it different after I said, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm not, and I was with the can'ts and I'm nots and all these different things. And so what she said to me was, you box yourself in when you do the I can'ts and I don't want to's and what I'm not going to do. She was like, you just need to know how to play your particular hand well. I said, okay. So I gave her some thought and I said, man, 
I realize now that there is a chink in my armor. And so immediately I had to grab myself not to feel bad because I was like, man, because I pride myself in being strong, being an overcomer, being someone who can see something different, put in a new solution. Let's grow from that. Let's get to the next thing. I, I do not. It is not my desire to dwell in sameness. You want to keep calling me up and complaining about the family member? I'm not the person to call. We're going to either accept this is how this family member is. We're going to put up healthy boundaries. We're going to we're going to do something. So I'm okay with you expressing that something is not the most yay right now. But I also want to make sure that this is not perpetual because sometime in the conversation, I'm going to need you to say, or I'm going to initiate, cool. So what you going to do? Hmm. Yeah, because what we're not about to do on my free mobile to mobile is just... <laughs> play a tennis match of uh, back and forth negativity so what are you going to do to position yourself to win it's always going to be my stance and so the chink in the armor chink in the armor that thing kept coming I just it kept resurfacing right so I was like okay I need to actually go about uh looking this up seeing what what is that because honestly I'm not a movie connoisseur like my husband that that just wasn't a a automatic definition all I knew was that the way that I visualize myself and the way that I carry myself there is an armor I I I feel like I'm I'm tin man with it right but if something is able to get me to keep talking about it, that can change my emotions, that can have me come home and ask my husband or call up one of my friends and say, hey, what do you think? Or it makes me pray or it makes me feel some kind. If it shifts me in any kind of way, it's like, oh, how did you get in? Because I'm the, listen, the grandbaby that I am, I try to love all the grandbabies all, all, all over the world. You feel me? But I I noticed that some grandbabies can can alter my mood. <laughs> Can, can shift my posture. And I was like, I don't like that. You can't be strong and also be a puppet at the same time. And to me, a puppet is anything that is manipulated or initiated by somebody else that you didn't make the decision to take on. Yeah, like taking those phone calls where people just call you to dump on you and then once you hang up, you feel heavy. No. Uh-uh. I'm not going to let somebody just... Mm -mm, that's not okay I'm not going to let the external someone doing something someone saying something e or the above penetrate me in a way that now I take on what I didn't initiate I didn't walk in this building to sit at this seat to be frustrated when I got up this morning and I said my prayers and I listened to whatever you know motivates me and I got dressed and I got in my car and I burned my good gas I didn't park in this parking lot to come in this establishment, to sit in this seat, to be frustrated. I wasn't frustrated before I got here. How somebody else do something throughout my day that frustrates me? How does somebody do something throughout my day that makes me feel bad, that makes me want to go back home, that makes me want to just have to, all I can do is pray? Like, I'm not doing any of that. Who did that? And where is the shink in this armor? Where, where is the, the portal in this? Who did it and who has enough power to be able to do that? And more importantly, am I improperly dressed? 
Like, do I just have armor from the waist up? Like, what is really going on? And so I looked it up. What does chink in the armor mean? Cool. Uh, I went over to the grandbaby that started the APnews.com. And it said that the cliche chink in one's armor refers to an area of vulnerability. I'm going to pause right there. Can I be honest with you? I don't like that. Being vulnerable looks a lot like um, helpless, selfless, uh, fragile, uh, a, a bird that is just born and pecked out of its egg. And if the mother wasn't there to feed and it's uh nest is not high enough to get away from prey that is a vulnerable bird so when I hear vulnerable I don't like that but the one thing about vulnerability in this regard you have the power and the know-how or at least to be able to pray to cover you the one thing that I love about vulnerability is that you do not have to protect all aspects of yourself. And that's one thing that I had to learn. I had to learn that I can't in and of myself protect me from everything. And when I try to do that, I prevent God from being fully capable of being the almighty God that he is in my life. When I try to protect myself from people and protect my money and protect my health and protect my, when I try to do all that in a hyper sense, that looks like the sole purpose of me doing that is because I don't, I don't want to be vulnerable and there's something scaring me to the point that I want to put up all these walls by myself. Then what's the sense of having an almighty God in your life? If you want to be all things that you need in your life. So I had to look at vulnerability different. It's not a weakness. It just means that it's exposure. Mm-hmm. When you're walking around someone who is coughing and hacking and doing all the things, uh, that person's immune system is vulnerable, but it doesn't mean that they have to remain sick. When you find that there is a toddler walking on a sidewalk uh, with a pamper on and you don't see no parents, that's a vulnerable child. But that child doesn't have to remain unsafe. Vulnerability is circumstantial and it's temporal. That doesn't have to remain your state. And the thing that I love about God is that he continues to show us I protect those who don't have to protect themselves. I meet the need of those who cannot meet the needs of themselves. He even went as far as saying, look, you see how beautiful the lilies are? Yeah, like I clothe them. (laughs) You're like, "I I provide them food. I do all that. Never seen a lily afraid that, okay, so when it's time to bloom and blossom, what if I don't have no more? Like, no, like everybody is clear that God is going to provide. Everyone is clear, like, okay, listen, we in the wild, God's just going to have to provide. Everyone is clear except the creations that have a verbal relationship with him. Hmm. Let me go back to the definition. So the cliche, chink in one's armor, refers to an area of vulnerability. It has traditionally been used to refer to a weak spot in a figurative suit of armor. 
And then it says the phrase chink in one's armor has been used since the 15th century. The word chink is a defined as a narrow opening or fissure. Here's my thing. When you are aware of the chink, how do you become aware, you ask? Great question, grandbaby. Okay. Uh, you become aware because your emotions give you the knock on the door. It, the chink look, looks a lot like I'm irritated. I'm frustrated. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm over it. However you phrase it. But there is an emotional knock on the door that says, hey, we feeling different about this in a negative way. And it's starting to alter my mood or my view of someone or something. And I am not one that I can continue to see the exposure and do nothing about it. Because any time that a doctor has ever seen something a wound of some sort that wasn't superficial, the first thing that they have to do is cover it. Because if you leave that exposed, you leave it open and susceptible to further infections and all the other things. But the beauty of when you cover it, you can't keep it covered. You have to then allow the body and the area to produce the platelets or whatever it is that is needed to then give its own covering to protect itself from whatever it was vulnerable to. You don't keep a you, you don't still have the band-aid on that you put on when you were seven. You don't. Have a nice day. You don't. You don't still have the gauze or whatever from when you got your tooth pulled that time. You don't. At some point, all of this covering is temporal. With the understanding that you will then build up the needed callus, the needed platelet, the needed fill in the blank to then protect yourself from any longer being vulnerable. You see what I'm saying? And so I was like, okay, because I'm a person that you have to practically give me something. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense to me or I take a little longer to kind of figure it out. It's like... I, you can sit me down and say something all day, but what I'm doing essentially is I'm putting into practice, okay, so how am I going to apply that to my everyday life? Which is part of the reason why I talk to you the way that I do. So I went ahead and, you know, I'm always going to refer things back to the Bible. You should know that now. And I went back to put it on the whole armor of God, the full armor of God, right? In Ephesians 6, you know, I read from the NLT version. And immediately when I started reading it, I stopped and I was like, I got to call you. Mm -mm. I got to call you because it was too much revelation coming to me. So this is real time. Okay. Ephesians 6. Let's start at verse 10. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. 11. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Pause. So why do we even put on armor in the first place, you ask? Because without the armor, we are susceptible to the enemy's tactics. Yeah, you can't walk around in these streets, okay, uh, just making your way downtown and being oblivious to the fact that there is a target on your peace, 
on your physical well-being, on your mental well-being. That's a target. So God was like, because I already knew that, let me go ahead and tell you what you need. And then let me go ahead and also for the grandbabies who want to ask why a thousand times, let me let me tell you why. So let's read that again in verse 11, Ephesians 6. Put on all of God's armor. You mean like just the shoes? I said all, ma'am. Okay, so if I go out there and I do half of God's instruction, um, is that the full? I said all. E, all the above. So if God gave you one, two, and three to do, but you only did two, please don't come back to God crying, talking about how come it didn't work. Did you do one and three, ma'am, sir? Okay. It's how, listen, I'm just doing the Lord's work. And that's what he's going to say to you. So 11, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. I love a God that tells you to do something, why he wants you to do it, and because it's for your best. Like, I love the fact that God is not like old school grandmothers. I do it because I said so. Like, oh, <laughs> okay. He's like, no, this will be best for you, and let me tell you why. <laughs> he he, more patient than any of the grandma, grandmothers that we knew. Have a nice day. 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. <laughs> you so busy being mad at such and such that you don't know that such and such is being used to irritate and frustrate you you so busy being upset that Pharaoh won't let you go and what you're not realizing is that even if he doesn't God's going to use him to orchestrate and usher in your freedom you're so busy being really, really over being at this particular building, being at this particular establishment, being wherever you're at in life. And what you don't realize is that if God couldn't use it, he wouldn't have allowed it. 12, 13 rather. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Why you want me to put on all the pieces? Because we getting ready. This whole thing called life is gearing you up, strengthening you up so that you can be the only one standing when the smoke clears. Like God is literally of helping you, allowing you to be the gangster that you need to be for the glory of God. It can't get no clearer. That's what it says in my translation. You understand? Why do you want us to put on every piece, Lord? What do you mean, why? Because we don't lose. Like, we, 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 we call it in the spirit, okay? All we do is win, 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 no matter what, okay? Fourteen. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. You mean there's a couple of things that we have to implement in this armor? Yes. So you mean to tell me it's just not a physical putting on of something? No. So you mean to tell me there's a spiritual application to what we put on ourselves? Yes. Okay, so this is getting dressed in the spirit or physical? Both. Because, I mean, you do need a belt, right? The Bible could have just read, just put on your belt. Make sure your slacks don't fall, okay? Um, but why would the Holy Spirit specify, stand your ground? That's a.k.a. be confident. <laughs> I need you to be planted. I need you to be secure in why you're doing a thing. 
Stand your ground. Putting on the belt of truth. Okay. Out of all the belts you could have put on, he wanted you to put on the belt of truth. Why? Because your confidence is always going to be connected to your mission statement. Why are you doing something? Is that your truth? Are you walking in your truth? Do you know your truth? And if you don't, nothing wrong with that. Go learn it. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. Go ahead and get some prayer time in with God. Go ahead and make that happen. Because let me explain something to you. You can't defend nothing that you're unclear about. Let somebody come to you and be talking crazy like, I saw your spouse or your significant other or your kids or your mother, and they was doing something that was out of character, filling the blank, and I saw it and blah, blah, blah. The first thing that you need to be assured of is ain't no way. Ain't no way. No one could come to me today and say, hey, I saw your stepsister's grandbaby. I'm going to make something up. In South Carolina on Myrtle Beach, and it was embarrassing. The first thing I'm going to bring up is uh, the confidence of absolutely not. <laughs> I know none of my family is in South Carolina, so there's nothing to talk about. You have a nice day. I'll give you a better example. I had my friend call me up literally yesterday, and she was like, hey, girl, did I just see you? And I said, what do you mean? She was like, I'm on such and such block, and I was at the light. And I could have sworn I seen, was that you? Is that you right there? I was like, mm-mm. My husband just pulled up. I'm, I'm getting in his car. She was like, really? The girl had the same hairstyle, had the same, and the confidence of like, no, it's not me. But I'm going to call you right back because I just got my husband called. I didn't have to go to extra mile of like, let me FaceTime you and show you it's not me. The confidence, that's not me. But that's somebody's good grandbaby if she looked like me, you understand? Um, And kept it moving. Now, that's a minuscule example. But the confidence of like, mm, that's not me. It didn't take me 15 minutes to try to prove that I'm not there. It's not me. Or better yet, if it was flipped, that somebody would have called him like, bro, I see your wife in a situation that is a little questionable to character. Do you want me to go over there and say something? Oh, no need. My wife is right here. But thanks. And nothing else to talk about. Yeah, if you're going to stand your ground on something, you're going to definitely need to belt the truth because you're going to need to know if, if I am standing in this and my least standing in it with the confidence of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Let me explain something to you. That's a lot of places where a lot of people trip up when you don't feel right with God. It does something to your being. I, I'm not going to go to church because then, you know, I may blow up and, you know, all the different jokes. Let, let me get myself right before I go ahead and present. And what you don't understand is ma'am, Sir, when it says body armor, that means that that's where all your vital organs are, okay? That's your heart, that's your lungs, that's your stomach, that's the intestines, that's E or the above. Everything that is vital is in your torso. And the Bible is saying that you need the body armor of God's righteousness to protect that. So that means that in order for you to properly navigate through life successfully uh, with longevity, you're going to need God's righteousness. And how do you get that? You get right with God. And how do you get right with God? You start with faith. And how do you start with faith? You just present as you are because salvation is free once you confess it with your mouth and believe it with your heart. John 10, 10. Hmm. Okay. You got that? Good. 15. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Yeah, please don't walk in anything, <laughs> anything, any environment, any classroom, any anything, and try to sit down and take a test for something that you're not prepared for, and it counts. 
No, this is not the, you know, beginning, let's just see where you are, kind of like, all right, let's just measure your level of knowledge. This is end of course exam. This is the regents. This is a citywide test. This is the SAT for the, yo, this test counts and this life counts. So when you walk in anything, the Bible is saying for shoes, put on a piece that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Not only will you walk into situations and be peaceful, not only will you walk in with the peace knowing that if you walked in there that God went ahead and instructed you to be there, not only will you walk in situations that you may be a little afraid of, but the peace of knowing that God is with me, that rod and that staff that comfort me. Do you understand that? When it's peaceful moves, when you're making your, your way through life and you know that God is on your side and that he is ordaining your steps, bro, ain't no scaredness coming from that. Be scared of what? Oh, no, let me let me King James it. Whom shall I fear? <laughs> you understand? No, I'm peaceful when I stand in these shoes. I'm peaceful when I walk into these situations. When I walk into offices and I and I want to go ahead and negotiate my salary. When I go ahead and and I challenge the professor on a grade that he gave. When I go ahead and say, mm, I'm going to apply for this anyway, even though I know what it may look like, but I'm going to step on faith. Because when you step in faith, what you're really doing is you're walking in the shoes that God gave you, which is filled with the peace of knowing he's going to back you. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Fully prepared. You ever was rushing to get somewhere? And you ran out the house and you got midway there or actually arrived and was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot my fill in the blank. How did you feel? Inadequate? Ill-prepared? There was an indifference in your emotions in the way that you presented, right? Yeah, so that's why God already knew that. He was like, look, do this so that you could be fully prepared. Because it's all building upon each other. How can you stand your ground if you don't feel fully prepared? How can you go ahead and stand in something if you don't have the belt of truth on? And how can you go ahead and stand truthfully in something if you're not properly guarded with God's righteousness? How can you go ahead and walk anywhere if you don't have peace going in that direction? Almost like God knew what he was doing when he told you to put on his armor and why. 16. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. We so busy trying to go in and have communication because communication brings clarity. We want to set a meeting. We want to, mm because we all need a group talk. We want to change environments and talk to them there. We want to send emails and just expressing because it may get lost in translation if we say it in the meantime. And we want to do all the things to smooth out certain situations, to go ahead and unfrustrate things that are, that it looks like knots in the rope. We want to smooth out all the things when God is just literally saying, if you hold up your faith, the shield of faith, you will stop the fiery arrows of the devil. What are the fiery arrows of the devil? The things that he knows that there's a chink in your armor. So if he goes ahead and touches exactly that, you're going to get irritated. You're going to be emotional. You're going to be off your ground that God told you to stand on. Oh, you don't like it when nobody talks about A, B, and C? Oh, now watch it be 10 people that talk about A, B, and C within a day's time. Hmm? Or you get frustrated and flustered when somebody's dealing with your fill in the blank. 
Oh, okay. So then watch that you get no peace for the rest of the week because um, you're going to get tested there. And why are you getting tested there? Oh, my gosh, there's always something because it's a chink in your armor and the fiery arrows knows exactly where to go. And you don't need to go ahead and try to expedite getting strong in that area. The one thing you need to do first is put up your shield of faith. And it may even look like this. God, I know I don't have the finances, the networking, the family support that I wish I had now. And while I wish I can just snap my fingers and make all of that happen right now, this minute, what I do know is that if I put up this shield of faith that looks and sounds like in the mighty name of Jesus, I have all that I need. God said that his grace is, is sufficient enough that when I'm weak, he's strong. I even saw parts of the Bible where a prophet had to be told God, show him that there's more with us than it is with them. So, so many times you want me to understand, although the circumstance may not change now, change the way you look at it by adding me to it. Oh, that's the difference, isn't it? Mm -hmm. 17, put on salvation as your helmet. Why do you need to put that on your helmet? Because your mental health is super important and you can't do it in and of yourself. The things that happen throughout a lifetime, throughout a day, the things that are put on the Internet, the things that are put on the news, the radio stations, the commercials for crying out loud. Do you have HIV? Do you have this sickness? Let's keep pushing and telling you how sick, sick, sick and sick, sick, sick. And then also sickness and then also rebuking the name of Jesus. Here's the medicines for all those things. And after a while, if you keep feeding that and hearing that, what do you think happens? What do you think happens to your to your mental capacity if faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word then what happens when you hear all these alternate things all day long what are they trying to program your body to do to become what sick rebuke that in the name of Jesus to become what fearful and the Bible clearly says that God did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity but love power and a sound mind Huh? Yeah. So what you're going to need to do to go ahead and make sure that uh, you adjusted how you need to be adjusted. Go ahead and um, do what verse 17 says in Ephesians 6. Put on salvation as your helmet. Stop playing with these folks. Yeah, uh, I need you. Mm -mm, nope. When them things happen on the commercial, I need you to mute that. I need you to learn how to scroll past some things that's heavy. Have a nice day. I need you to let somebody know I don't want to talk about that right now. Because if faith comes by hearing, then I got to be careful what I hear. Because it may mess with my mental and my emotion, and I can't do that. So what we're getting ready to do, put on a salvation as your helmet, okay? What's the other part of that verse? And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Let me explain something to you. When Jesus was tempted, okay, and the devil was like, oh, if you really the man, what you should do is fall because they said they won't let an angel hit. And he was messing up and kind of scrutinizing the word. Um, Jesus, as witty as he probably could have been, every answer was biblically based. That should show you something right there. As Because remember, when he was getting uh, questioned by Pilate and all them, and it was like, oh, so you the king of kings. We heard that you be in these streets. He was like. You said it. Like, oh, she says you finna get slapped, sir. You can't. These folks ain't playing with you, sir. You can't say that, Jesus, sir. Like, what you doing? But he was like, who do you say I am? Like, I don't. 
you said like bro what you want me to he could have took that same thing that same posture that same stance and played with the devil like that and when in the wilderness when he's being tested he didn't play that game you know what he did he took the sword of the spirit which is the word of god when it comes to fighting against something that is in the spiritual realm when it comes to going ahead and getting toe to toe for what god told you to go ahead and confront it ain't no time to be the wittiest that you can be the most intelligent all right you know what? Well, go ahead and hurt feelings oh do you want me to bring up what happened back when you don't need to do none of that i need you to bring the word of god with you because it's the only thing that's going to be able to penetrate long term okay and to be able to go ahead and twist and kill that particular thing yeah you being witty we didn't come here and confront this situation and have no tennis match i'm not going back and forth with nobody the bishop uh lou devole said that what i am going to do is when i go ahead and fling these pebbles the way that david did goliath comes down yeah, all words do is going back and forth. Oh, you send this little boy to me. You no, know, Goliath was looking at David like, sir. Yeah, we can probably go ahead and toe to toe verbally all day long. But my goal is not to keep you in your same stance. My goal is if God brought me here, then you have to be removed permanently. Moses spent all that time with Pharaoh. Can you let them go? Can you let them go? Pharaoh changing his mind. They're going back and forth. Okay, go pray about it. All right, come back to me tomorrow. They, read the Bible. It, it, it was exhausting. Like, Pharaoh, you going to do it or not? But then God was like, you know what? Let, let's bring him to the Red Sea. Because what I'm not interested in is going back and forth on what God told me to do. What I'm not interested in is going back and forth on my freedom. What I'm not interested in is going back and forth on somebody who said they was going to do something and didn't do it. So now uh, what we're going to go ahead and do is go across this Red Sea. And when you try, it's over. Yeah, like when God moves something, he gives them an opportunity to move themselves. And then once they decide the situation, the person decides like, no, I'm going to go toe to toe with God. Oh, then you're going to have to fill these, uh, these sword pumps. I apologize. But what you getting ready to fill is do, 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 do. Like I could, I could throw the jab all day long, but these, the sword. Yeah. See, it, it will probably harm you if it was me, but it's getting ready to, to defeat you because it's God. Mind blown. 18, pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. What is my challenge to you? I want you to go back yourself. And I usually try not to make you the grandbaby where I try to, you know, go read your Bible. But this time I think you need, I need you, I think you need it. Ephesians 6. I want you to read from verse 11 all the way to 18 and I want before you read it I want you to pray and say Holy Spirit show me where the chink is in my armor I already identified where is that for me definitely need to go ahead and um put on <laughs> a different pair of shoes because the shoes a piece I wasn't really doing too well in that and I definitely need to shine up my shield of faith because those fairy arrows was definitely um, landing like perfectly. And I was feeling every part of that. And so I need to put my I need to go ahead and uh, expand my shield. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about it. What may have shielded you in one season may not shield you in the other because you may have more ground and square footage to cover. 
So it's okay to go to God and say, am I wearing, am I using an outdated shield? Right? So it was okay that you memorized Psalm 23. You know, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But where you going, you may need um, to read some Joshua. Like God may want to put something else inside of you. And so while Psalm 23 covered you as a child, what do you need to cover you in this season of your life? You see what I'm saying? And this is all very reflective. These are things that you have to be honest with yourself enough and go. But it's time to face it. It's either face it or keep feeling what you was feeling. But it's your choice. God puts before you life and death. Choose life. What you going to choose? Like he gives you the options. He gives you the answer. And then he waits to see what you going to do. Well, that's a patient God. If I listen, I God bless him. <laughs> God bless God. You understand? Because I couldn't do it. I'm, I'm not going to hold you. But listen, um, I feel like you got what you needed. You know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody's going to have with you and be vulnerable with you and redefine vulnerability to you. But who? Your favorite homegirl. Okay. But um, I'm going to let you let me go. And we'll talk later. Okay? Later. <laughs>